0: Spiritual life Center.
1: Well, this much I do know, God is good, and all the time, God is good. Now, sometimes I, beyond that, when I wake up in the morning, I start assessing the world. I often feel like uh, Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. If those who watch that, I know I'm dating myself a lot, but, you know, they still show it on the, one of the channels for the old programs. But childish souls would often say, "I know nothing, <laughs> and I see nothing," and that's how it seems sometimes when you look at the world and trying to figure it out. At least for me, but there is a little something that I know. I know that whenever you come to Spiritual Life Center, you're not going to hear anything about religious abuse from the platform. No one's ever going to tell you that you're unworthy or a dust of the earth, that somehow you're flawed from birth, or you go to some fiery place if you don't conform to a particular doctrine or dogma or belief system, because that is not so. Now, it does not mean, as I mentioned earlier today, that we're not here to improve, we're not here to evolve. Because I think the nature of the universe and the nature of our life is to grow and to evolve. And so when you come to Spiritual Life Center or any spiritual community worth its ilk, we accept you as you are, but we expect you to change. (laughs) Or at least transform into accepting that this power, this presence, this love of God is our life. And there's no separation from us from, with that, whether we're conscious of it or not, whether we make mistakes in our life or not, which we all do it from time to time, whether we're integrated with this truth of our being or not, at least consciously, because the truth is always there. There is always something about us that is unsullied, that is unhurt, that is unharmed has never ever been in danger. And that's something we call the divine within us. Some call it the Christ in us. In some traditions, they refer to it as the Atman presence, the Buddhic field, maybe the Barman, Brahman presence. We simply call it the nature of God, or what I like to call the nature of the force within us, and we are seeking to be in tune with that on a day-to-day basis. This week, we're seeking to practice getting more in tune with that as we recognize the power of amen. You know, There's a scriptural reference that says that for all the promises of God, find their yes in her. They had him, but I decided to put her in here today. They're interchangeable when it comes to God. That is why we utter the amen through her, to the glory of God. We say amen to think often that you know it's the end of a prayer, and that's there all there is there is to that. But this word has been around, and it's probably in our, our DNA, has, has been around for a long time, and, and, and we can fully grasp its meaning. Because most of the time we look at it as being perfunctory. It's, it's something that we have lost understanding of its meaning over time. I don't know if you ever had this experience, when I, when I was very young, I didn't know anything about God or prayer, but you know, your, your parents said, say your prayer before you go to bed. Well, they didn't say in that voice, but that's what in my mind, what I'm hearing. <laughs> and you know, I said, uh, now i lay me down to sleep, I pray to the Lord my soul to keep, if I just die before I wake I pray to the Lord my soul to take. And I was thinking about that, I said, I never liked that prayer. <laughs> First of all, I was never ready for anybody to take my soul. It just didn't sound like a good thing. It seemed like it might be a little painful. (laughs) Plus, you know, I said, I'm too young to die. So, you know, this is not working for me. (laughs) But the idea is amen is much more than the ending of the prayer because we would end that prayer with amen. But it's more than just an ending. It has power. It has energy. Amen means, so be it. It does not mean it will be. Or it does not mean in God's time it will be. It means, so it is. It is done. It is finished. Now, it is the truth. And that amen is reinforcing that truth within us. You know, in the ancient land of Kibbet, also known as Egypt, Amen meant master, a ruler, and that whatever we united our amen with becomes the master, becomes that which rules us. Put another way, anytime we accept something as true, we are saying amen to it. I often read biographies and books about people and famous people have done Extraordinary things for my own inspiration from time to time. And I remember a while back I was reading about Albert Einstein and I read something that I didn't really know about at the time that he was often vilified and attacked because he had come up with these new ideas and particularly his theory of relativity. And, you know, people were just slinging arrows of, of hate toward him and someone asked him about this. How do you feel about that? And he said, those arrows of hate have been shot at me many times, but they don't touch me because they come from a world in which I do not inhabit. I do not live there. Therefore, it cannot touch me. In other words, he did not accept it. He did not say amen to that. He did not claim that as being truth is a fundamental truth that we will never experience anything in our life, in our body, in our body of affairs, that we have not accepted on some level or another, in our minds and in our hearts. And that's true for us as individuals. It's true for us as a collective society. And this, of course, plays into the law of acceptance, which really is part of this great amen. So the question we often ask ourselves What are we saying amen to? Often people make the mistake when they begin to understand this, what I call this new thought metaphysical principles that we're part of. And I always say it's not new. It's just new to those who have been in the old for quite some time. But these principles have been around for thousands of years. But often people begin to focus their attention and they attach their amen to removing the negativity that's resisting their good in life. They focus on how to get rid of that. And so they may have a prayer that says, oh God, I'm sick, I'm troubled, I'm unworthy, help me, amen. But what happens, we put all of our energy into removing the so-called negativity, the things that we think there's wrong about us, not right about us, where we don't feel good enough. And ultimately, that's all that we see. That's all that we feel. All the work we do then, it ends up just trying to get rid of that negativity, what's not working. So we go deeper into that negativity. And sometimes people go into their parents and pockets of negativity that might be there, and they look for the negativity of the human race and that's been around for so long. And oftentimes they get so frustrated, they never get to the bottom of what's wrong at all. And then it becomes a drudgery to do the spiritual work. The idea is that we're not going into prayer. And every thought is a prayer, as we like to say. Every thought that we have with energy behind it is a prayer. We don't go into that to try to overcome negativity, overcome resistance. We go into prayer to use the great amen to have a spiritual realization of what is real, what is eternal, what is beautiful, what is lasting, and what is just. You know, in an earlier service, I had asked a group to engage in a group prayer with me with these affirmations. And they did a little reluctantly. Let me ask you if you want to get and join with me this morning. Indulge James a little bit. So just repeat after me. I am a magnificent child of God. All I, need is within me. All I need is within me. I am an original blessing. All is well with my soul. Amen. Amen. That's it. <laughs> when we say those words, something within our soul stirs up. This stirs up the cells of our body. I believe they begin to dance because there's some truth to that that we recognize. And when we use amen in this way, we're ending our prayer with a positive explanation, by affirming the truth, by being in, in tune with the qualities of the presence of God, which we are. We come from that divine stuff. As I like to say, we've you know, we got some diviner genes in us waiting to be expressed. And oftentimes I have to remind myself that when a lot of stuff is going on in our world, there's still all the goodness of God because the only thing that it endures, the only thing that is real, the only thing that is eternal is this presence, is this force, is this reality. All the rest is an illusion because we created a sense of separation from our true identity. And I have to remind myself when I see things happening in our world that I have to sing this song that says, only God is real, all the rest is just illusion. Only God, only God, is real. Amen. <laughs> I, I can't sing as it like as the slice girls, but you know, I, I just do my thing. But the psalmist write that goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. In other words, when this force, this presence. The qualities of God become our first, middle, and our last thoughts. We shall not want anything. Nothing shall be missing in us. And mercy, which is always the the grace of the presence of God, will be with all the days of our life. We ask, what does that mean? We know that God is the all good everywhere present in His fullness. I always like to say it's omniactive. And when our vibration is lifted, this goodness follows us all the days of our life. And mercy, mercy is the quality of the spirit of requalifying our past and making everything new. We hear that statement, I make all things new. It requalifies even our past, our past perceptions of things, our previous thoughts. It forms things that we have thought before into being in alignment with with wholeness. You know, I I shared that, you know, I had went to Ghana a number of years ago. And when I was there, we went to uh, uh, part of Accra, Ghana, I believe it was the city. And we went to what they call the slave castles. And in the slave castles, they had the door of no return where where those individuals who were enslaved were uh, put on ships to be sent to uh, away from their home ripped away from their families. And needless to say, those that were there went through a lot of emotional experiences at times. They ran the gamut of anger and despair and feelings that some of us couldn't identify at that moment. And later on that day, we went to go to the the chief's house, the palace. Now, the chief is the I guess you call the guru figure of the community. That's where everybody went to for kind of spiritual guidance. It was my interpretation. And we shared our experience and my experience, what I went through at that time. And he gave me a perspective that taught me to see things differently. And he said that time does not exist. And all that happens in life, all that happens simultaneously, that means a future life can influence not only the future and the present, but also the past. And so it's all of us interacted, all of them are bumping against each other. And he said that what the message for me and all of us were there, that if you live your life right now and with positive energy, not only will you affect future generations, you will renew and replenish past lives and you'll begin to sending a positive energy from the present to your ancestors, and they will be freed up as well. Blew my mind. (laughs) But we began to say amen to that. Because we were speaking words that are beyond the understanding of three-dimensional thinking, but still in the mind of spirit is nothing but the truth. But the difficulty, I think, for most of us, we have a tendency to look at our life through the past, through our childhood experiences. And oftentimes we pick childhood experiences and try to figure out the significance of them. And a lot of that is good work. It's always a good thing. But oftentimes we keep focused on the past and then the future becomes a demonstration of that past, a repetition of that past. But the presence of God is always now. God is truth, now and forever. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And we want to hitch our amen to that truth. I was speaking to someone once that was told that you know it's interesting that you never know what's going on on the inside of a person you know everything on the outside seemed to be so magnificent you know a perfect life had all the wonderful things you could think in life uh, the benefits of life blessed you know with good looks and 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 and, and well being and but she was always told that you know you know there was something about her that was no good that, you know, family was no good, Her father was no good, she, her relatives was no good. She had a, a lineage of no goodness in her life. And she said it was also reinforced by the religious messages that she had received over time. Until one day someone said something that clicked for her and said that your real identity is that you are a child of God, born an original blessing. You are a child of God, born of an original blessing. And something within her stirred up that that this was the truth. And she began to say over and over again, I am a child of God, born of an original blessing. I am a child of God, born of an original blessing. And she put her amen to that. And it transformed something over her time in her life and her way of being saying amen to the all good of God that is here and now. That's what we want to do. So we vibrate at that level. Something in us is lifted up. And we're no longer looking at life through the lens of some past experience. Instead, we're beginning to see life as it really is in the mind of God. And the real identity becomes to come up for us that we are all unique, unrepeatable expressions of the divine. I often say that you know, we see a lot of cacophony going on in the world and conflicts and all kinds of stuff going on. And I always believe that imagine if from the time of birth, every single child on the planet, from the time they were born to the time they shuffled off the mortal coil, continuously remembered and were told they are magnificent expressions of the presence of God. Imagine in the twinkling of an eye what kind of transformation would take place not only in their life, but on the very planet in which we live. Because we're not only just magnificent expressions of God, but as the master teacher said, ye are the light. He didn't say that I'm the light. He didn't say give me a light. He didn't say give me a butt Light or otherwise. He said you are the light of every person that comes on the planet. And so we're here to outlevel our wattage, so to speak, <laughs> and to reveal more and who and what we really are. The difficulty is, of course, we often hear the static on the line. You know, the universe is often calling us and saying to us in so many words or in a feeling. I got a message for you. Or as I said in that, that, that movie, The Color Purple, that soundtrack, there was a the movie where that, uh, the woman were hearing the voices of the choir and they were saying, God's trying to tell you something. God's trying to tell us something. The force is trying to tell us something. The presence of God is trying to tell something. But often we're not hearing it because our communication is cut off by the static. And then that static comes to take over our thinking. And we begin to start making decisions from that thinking and not it's decisions from the wholeness that we are. And the prevailing static is often fear. The prevailing static is often doubt. The prevailing static is often worry. You know, Sometimes if you decide to step up and you're going to step into your vision, go something beyond what was comfortable for you, but you know is yours to do, you may hear that voice that says, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? And sometimes that voice comes from other people, but we don't listen to that. You I shared that when I was in high school, I went to a you know, summer debate program in D.C., at Georgetown, and, you know, they had high school students from all over the country, and, you know, we were kind of getting ready, and we were supposed to be, you know, kind of good ones there. And I was talking about how I wanted to go to this particular selective school, and and there was folks around me that knew about how hard it was to get in there, and and they knew my background and, you know, where I come from, inner city school. They said, that'll never happen. But I didn't listen to them, thank goodness. And I did go to where I wanted to go. But that's static on the line. That's oftentimes fear. That's doubt that's being projected by other people. And oftentimes we begin to make decisions from the static rather from the truth. I have a friend from uh, Costa Rica. And as you know, Costa Rica does, has no standing army. And he said something very interesting for me to ponder and think about. He said, you know, sometimes there's so much fear, and so much static, so much mental pollution in our consciousness that oftentimes we find countries spending crazy amounts of money to develop war implements that will destroy the earth many times over, while there's only a fraction that goes to feeding those who need it. A fraction goes to housing those who are houseless. A fraction goes to maybe bringing water to every child on the planet who could use it. And he said, if an alien came from out of space and was just looking at what was going on and just saw us from a distance, they might say, why'd they do that? You know, whatever alien voice they might have. <laughs> but understand that we have to take responsibility for that. It's not our political leaders. They think they know what's going on. Uh, not necessarily so. And you don't have to believe me. Just watch. It is us. How often do we walk through life, sometimes being afraid of something or having a misperception about something, and then we move that consciousness of, of, of not having enough. We've tried to protect and hold on to, and to the degree we participate in that kind of static, we begin to outpicture a world that manifests division, that manifests people pitting against each other. We manifest conflicts. Belief in lack, belief in limitation, belief in not enough. Rather than that, we live in a loving, abundant universe because there's no limit to the number of ideas because that is the currency of the universe. There's always a solution. I always say that you know if you have a problem, the way you deal with the problem, you begin an idea bigger than the problem because there is no problem in the mind, in the heart of pure spirit. We just have to lowly listen. Begin to capture those ideas. Begin to say our amen to that. Begin to accept that. Begin to claim that. That's what we want to say our amen to. So bring it on home, as they say in the whole school. <laughs> the universe is calling us. It's reminding us. It's reminding us individually and collectively. There is a divine pattern to our lives and to the life of the planet in which we live and we don't have to make it happen we just have to make it welcome and we make it welcome by saying yes to the all good and giving that our attention because wherever we direct our attention where we direct our interests Individually or collectively, as I said, on the group level, because, you know, what we see is a reflection of the group consciousness. All of that becomes our experience. So if we're more interested in war than in peace, if we're more interested in war rather than using our imagination to create lasting peace, if we're more interested in protecting ourselves rather than sharing and showing the abundance that we have, what we'll do is manifest more conflict and lack and limitation fear, doubt, and worry. All the things that we read about or see on the news or on the internet. But if we're interested in the qualities of the spirit of living God, the love, the sharing, the goodwill, the possibilities, as Reverend Dakota talked about, we'll find ourselves answering the great call being the full expression of God that we're here to be. And we'll literally have heaven on earth, which is the ever-expanding good. You know, as the master teacher said in the Gospel of Thomas, one of those books that didn't make it in the official Bible, he said that the kingdom of heaven is spread out all over the earth, but men and women see it not. We want to say amen to that. Understanding right here, right now, beyond the static, That's preventing us from hearing the call of the universe right beyond the static. There is something preventing us from seeing that kingdom of heaven. But right beyond that is a world that is real, is a world that is eternal, a world that is whole, a world that represents a unity of oneness, a world that represents all the qualities that are good and perfect. This is what we want to attach our amen to. And as we do, oh, you'll see things change. Not because we're making them change, because those changes simply have to correspond to what we are directing our attention to. There is power in our amen. Peace and blessings to you.
0: We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual center.